So as you probably can guess, uh, because of the iffy weather outside, we're going to do our uh, Eucharistic procession inside the church today. And so we'll just conclude with Mass and then go into our procession. That will conclude with uh, benediction. Uh, recall, too, that when we receive that benediction, the, normally the priest is blessing you, but here with our Lord in the monstrance, uh, he's blessing you directly. So it's, it's very, very powerful. So uh, we'll do that immediately following Mass. Uh, this weekend, uh, thanks to my sister and others that have been helping, uh, doing a lot of packing. Uh, there's tons of boxes over there. I got a lot of books, all kinds of stuff. Um, but of course, you know, it's, uh, it hits home when you're in the midst of that packing and, and more sentimentality, more reminiscing, and just a gratefulness for my time that I've been with you. I hope you all can make it to the going away slash birthday party uh, slash John the Baptist birthday slash uh, one year anniversary of Roe v. Wade going down uh, June 24th, so that's a Saturday night after the 4 o'clock Mass and weather permitting we'll be out on the yard at Gracie's Cafe, right? Uh, otherwise we'll be up in school, so um, hope you all can make it. Uh, yeah, lots of reminiscing and here we are in Corpus Christi Sunday. You know, we've had a journey together, haven't we? You know, when I came here, Pope Benedict was named Pope right around that time, and Bishop Marlino came to our diocese right around that time. And they came with a fervor, a, a Eucharistic fervor. You know, Pope Benedict, I don't have the quote in front of me, but he says, the fate of the, the church relies on uh, how we treat the, the Eucharist. And he gave beautiful teachings on how we can better offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass. One of them was, you know, as we do it, ad orientum, right? That's a fancy name that means toward the east, but priest and people facing God when God is offering prayers to God. I don't know about you, but I think it's, that alone is powerful. And then we looked at how best to receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist and uh, this beautiful choir and, I don't know, just uh, everything that we've done to try to elevate our game, right? To try to elevate our reverence before the Lord. And I've seen in me and in all of us that it's truly impacted us. And what has it done? I believe, and this is a teaching that I give quite often, but we enter into then the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the first gift is fear of the Lord or awe and wonder. Okay, we open ourselves up and say, come Holy Spirit, once we're filled with awe for the Lord. If our, if our religion is kind of a good luck charm for us, well, not so much. You know, I better go to Mass or bad things might happen. I want good luck. I, no, it's when, when we finally go, I get it. Uh, Eucharistic adoration, we've offered that so much. Preparing ourselves to receive the Eucharist, the, the confession times, the 24-7 confessional, all of that is to make us open to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I always point out that the first one is that fear of the Lord. I'm afraid of ever offending you because you're so amazing and I love you so much. That's what fear of the Lord means. Okay? But it leads to the most noble of all, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which is wisdom. And I will never forget how wise you have been throughout this whole time. And so I think we've tried our best to be the most obedient 
right, Pope Benedict, and then the encouragement of Bishop Morlino, you know, to offer our best game, the best reverence that we can possibly do. We saw in the midst of that, too, that there was pushback. Here, we saw some of that, but we see that everywhere. And here's, I, I believe this, because the devil hates this terribly. Once you go reverent, you go serious about your faith. And he'll have none of that. But if it's a good luck charm where we kind of cram it in when we give time, it, no, that's okay, do that, the devil says. That's fine. But you start taking it serious. Uh-oh. Then what happens? Well, you get on to, here's the wisdom part. You get on to what the devil's up to and what we need to do. And so has been our journey, right? It's been amazing. And then in recent years, you know, beginning with the challenge that everyone in the world faced, but again, you so wisely faced when the tyrants uh, manipulated us through a virus. And if that wasn't bad enough, you know, that was what? The beginning of March of 2020, as, as Lent was beginning. All of a sudden, we couldn't go to church. I literally watched and I consoled people from our parish who were in tears. What do you mean we can't receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist? And I lament at our spiritual leaders who made that decision, well, you could go to a marijuana shop if you wanted to, or a, or a liquor store. But the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord wasn't as important as marijuana and liquor? A tough time. And many people lost their faith during that time because if our spiritual leaders think that liquor and marijuana is more important than Jesus, why should they think it's important? Not you. Not you. And if it wasn't enough to try to get us to be, well, that's what's going on here, right? I recently talked about, it's kind of like a mafia where they get you to comply, sit down, shut up, do my bidding. Of course, Marxism, it, they're using all the tools. But what are they trying to do? They're trying to instill fear in us. So please help us, please. That's the place they want us to be, not you. What do we do in the middle of that? Well, first, the other tactic that they did was to incite violence in the streets. George Floyd riots. They counted people who burned down mom and pop shops and looted them as heroes. Well, everybody quaked in fear. Now, what did we do? Well, here's what I wrote on June 5th of 2020. So what should we do? So many of us are watching as everything seems to be spitting out of control. First, the paralyzing shutdown of our society. Now, the paralyzing fear of violence in our street cities. It seems any remedy to the chaos and turmoil all around us is beyond our control. It is. Why? Because with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, maybe more than ever, is it time to turn to God, to ask Him to heal our land. So what are we to do? 
First, we must always remember Jesus called us the light of the world. From Matthew 5, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Instead, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Heavenly Father. Martin Luther King put it this way, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Close quote. Now is the perfect time for us to emerge from our church buildings and let the light and love of Christ shine in the public square. We simply must believe in the power of prayer and that God will hear us and heal our land. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Close quote. Here's what we're going to do. Corpus Christi, three years ago. June 14, 2020. I wrote, In most Catholic churches throughout the United States, they will be celebrating the Feast of Corpus Christi. Traditionally, this is a day to process our Lord in the Holy Eucharist outside the church building. If you are not able to process our Lord, consider images of our Lord and Our Lady, or simply offer a rosary procession. That Corpus Christi, June 14th, happened to land on Flag Day. I wrote, June 14th is also Flag Day. What a wonderful opportunity to pray for our country as we walk in prayer while expressing our patriotism by waving our flags. And so we made the decision, let's go down to the heart of this state, downtown Madison, the state capital. We gathered at Holy Redeemer Parish at 2.30 in the afternoon to be ready to process at the hour of mercy at 3 p.m. We got hundreds of flags and hundreds of people, lots of children, waving their flags amidst boarded up shops with graffiti amidst people quaking in fear, huddling in their homes. We went out. And I'll never forget, those who were there will recount it. Or you heard, as we passed by those bystanders, we saw many of them in tears, seeing our Lord being processed through the streets, as if their hearts were saying, finally, 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 the light has come out to push back the darkness. The astounding thing about June 14th is that it's the anniversary for our country. It was on June 14th, 1954. With an appeal of the Amazing Knights of Columbus, President Dwight Eisenhower signs an order adding the words, Under God, to the Pledge of Allegiance. 
happened to fall on that day. So we called it our under God procession. What have we done? What the Lord asked us to do? To put our Eucharistic Lord ahead of us and to trust. We need to keep doing that. This is a battle for the soul of America, no doubt. And we can't do it under our own power. We can only do it under God's. We love our Christian brothers and sisters. We love everybody. But we are the one true church. And he did give us body, blood, soul, divinity in, our, in the great gift of the Eucharist. What we did under your wisdom is choose to put our Lord before us and to say we're reclaiming surrendered ground. And amazingly enough, we added another procession, thousands on August 15th of that summer. Right after that, the streets stopped burning. The boards started coming down. The enemy receded. I'll never forget our time together. And let's never forget what a wonderful gift we have in our Eucharistic Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.